This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Thank you. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first episode of a brand new podcast. I am Jesse Jackson, and I am one of your hosts. Joining me, as always, is Sylvan Groth from Vermont. Yes. And so Sylvan was on my podcast. We had a lovely time discussing John Hyatt. The more I talked to her, the more I went, hey, you wouldn't want to do this on a regular basis, would you? <laughs> and luckily, she took it the right way, maybe because I'm in Texas and happily married and she's up in uh, Vermont. But we decided to do a John Hyatt podcast. And I believe I tried to warn you of just how crazy an endeavor this was going to be, because, Jesse, you talked to me about a podcast I was not familiar with, which was, uh, I believe, Bruce Sings the Alphabet. Yes, uh, that would be a huge undertaking of looking at all of Bruce's songs. And then if we started talking about looking at all of John's songs in alphabetical order, just even the first step of getting a list together. Uh, thankfully, some of that groundwork was done for us by fellow fans. But right now we're looking at over 300. So by the time it takes us to get through that list, there's going to be more because yes. it's John. He just keeps on putting out albums and releasing songs. Yeah, he really does. So, yeah, I, I wanted to give a shout out to there's many, many uh, podcasts out there that that focus on one individual. Bruce Springsteen Sings the Alphabet was J.B. Clark and Rob Carmack. They were influenced by Beatle Alphabetical, which was them going through every Beatles song in alphabetical order. And Rob tells the story. He reached out to them and said, would you mind us using this format? And they said, no, but our only thought is every once in a while, give us credit. And if you start, you have to finish. <laughs> and uh, so I actually went to lunch with JB the other day and I told him we were going to do this and he started smiling. Well, you know, the rules you got to give us a shout out every once in a while. And once you start, you need to finish. The All right. Other, well, yeah. first task complete. We yes. gave the shout out. Yeah. Now we just have to finish. 
Absolutely. Easy peasy. <laughs> yeah. The other one, uh, Tay to Z, a Taylor Swift podcast, is uh, Gabby and her husband are doing the same thing. They are going through every Taylor Swift song in alphabetical order. You know, this is not exactly a groundbreaking new format, but I do think it'll be fun. I do too. I'm really looking forward to um, just an excuse to look at each song at this kind of micro level. The reshuffling of looking at them in alphabetical order is going to, I think, really make some interesting combinations when we're jumping from a song that might have been released in 2018 to one that was released in 1974, if it just happens to roll that way. So, yay. Yeah, I do too. And I think, you know, one of the things that I think is interesting is tend to, especially during John Hyatt month, which I did on set Lessing Bruce, I was going through a lot of albums. So I was listening to the albums because we were going to talk about the albums. And then every once in a while in the car, I'll do a shuffle on uh, John, but I don't do this kind of deep dive that in alphabetical order. And as you said, you may run something pre bring the family. And then I don't know if I've heard hanging around the observatory more than twice. You know, it isn't something that's on my regular playlist. Okay. So our first fight begins, Jesse, host versus host. How could you possibly neglect hanging around the observatory in that way? So Slugline is, is, was our gate, my gateway CD or, uh, you know, the album as uh, happens to be released the year I was born. I was, um, I started in, you know, kind of, we'll move to our, this is our history segment, but um, 1980, I started dating uh, Linda, who is is now my wife, and uh, we have been together with a, a couple of bumps, like, you know, maybe a minor breakup for a week once, uh, you know, since 1980. So her friend, Jennifer Gale was dating a guy named Rick Lisko, and Rick loved Slugline. guess in 1980 wasn't an eight track i think it was probably was a cassette maybe an album i don't know and so he loved that album and so then linda had loved it and john hyatt is someone i'd never heard of never heard Uh and and so i kind of liked it because well you know i'm dating this girl but when riding with the king came out that was the first one that i really went oh I'm not just listening to this because Linda wants to listen to it. I like this, this 
cassette. I like this release. Uh -huh. And so that was the first one that kind of got me on the not just a casual fan, but a, you know, this guy's got a little something. So how about you? Nice. Uh, well, as I shared uh, when we did the John Hyatt uh, special episode on the country bears that I was yes. really excited to join you on. Um, he's kind of always been in the background as a songwriter because I uh, listened to his version of, or his song washable ink on the Neville brothers uh, since I was literally a baby. Kind of started to be aware of him it was around the time um warming up to the ice age came out um a couple of songs ended up on some mixtapes and then when bring the family came out my aunt and uncle who are my spiritual leaders as especially in terms of music but in all ways really said you have to listen to this from start to finish and you know once you listen to that masterpiece from start to finish it's hard not to just be a complete Hyatt fan. Now, I was nine years old when Bring the Family came out. So I wasn't going to the record store and buying things myself. The first time I was literally at the record store putting down uh, my own money, I guess it would have been when I was in college. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind and these Raycons are fantastic. 
Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Hey folks, Stefan Shirazi and Renee Richardson here from the Metallica Report. And we are proud members of the Pantheon podcast family, where the best of music and podcasts unite. We've got something pretty cool for you. We're giving away an exclusive Metallica merch package worth over $250. That's a whole lot of scary guys, skulls, M72, and other sought-after Metallica swag. And we've made it easy for you to win. Follow and share the Metallica Report, and you're in the game. Go to pantheonpodcast.com slash Metallica, enter your email, and hit that button to be entered to win. And just like that, you're eligible for our monthly exclusive Metallica merch package. And guess what, rockers? You can enter every month. So just do it. And while we love our global brothers and sisters, the lawyers won't let us ship outside the U.S. I've been podcasting on and off since the early... I guess maybe 2011, 2012, I've done a lot of different podcasts on mostly TV shows. I, uh, I've i been doing and I continue to do a Doctor Who podcast. Uh, very excited about Jody uh, leaving and our new doctor coming on. But in 2015, I decided to start doing a Bruce Springsteen podcast when I said, you know, I, I really want to talk about John Hyatt because I he is Brian Wilson. Probably, obviously, Bruce Springsteen and John Hyatt. Probably, if I had to name the three artists that I have the most CDs of, the things that I have the most of, that would be it. That's where I'm coming through. So I said, hey, Sylvan, you know, I I can do the editing. I can do a lot of the work if you want to join me on this journey. So uh, you obviously said yes. So let's talk a little bit about what you're bringing well, to the table. Yeah, what's to lose when you say I'm going to do all the work and you just show up and talk about this thing that you, most people are telling you to shut up about. So, <laughs> um, well, what I'm going to bring to the table, I hope, is a little bit of archival research and knowledge. And I'm hoping also that I can uh, leverage some of the connections that I have made over the years, pestering people at shows and uh Back in the old days, the Yahoo shot of rhythm groups, I've kept in touch with a few friends from there and Facebook and so forth. And hopefully I want to do exactly what you were just describing, Jesse, getting more people to come in and share their thoughts, because that's where the fun lies for me. It's sharing the enthusiasm for this amazing singer songwriter. And um, it's amazing how often you hear a story that sounds so much like your own of why a song really hit you or what it was like, 
you know, realizing the meaning of the lyrics when it's, you know, embedded in John's autobiography, but also just, you know, like people have such sweet stories, you know, how many people have uh, used Have a Little Faith in Me as their wedding song, or, you know, how many people were at a really dark point and, you know, the song Is Anybody There lifted them out or, you know, any song really from John can have a huge impact on people's lives because he does write such powerful lyrics. So I'm really looking forward to um, learning a little bit about podcasting because this is brand new to me. I hope I can actually help out with the editing at some point if you can teach me on that. I'm hoping I can also learn a little bit more about the language of music because I don't have a musical background. I love listening to it, but I don't know what a time signature is or any of those kind of things. You know, I recognized a waltz when John threw one of those on a sea unexpectedly, but I don't really know much more about how to describe uh, the nature of songs. So yeah, yeah. I, I hope we can uh, ring in some people to talk about that stuff too. Yeah, I, I really do too, uh, because that is, I'm going to talk a lot about how the music makes me feel, how the lyrics speak to me. And if I have a personal connection, that will, because there are stories. Like, yeah, so I do hope that we get some guests. We're, we're, we're throwing it open right now that um, if you want to reach out to us, um, and we will give you at the end of the show our contact information. We are on Twitter. Um, I, I, I believe I've created a Gmail address. If I haven't, I will. And uh, I have a Gmail. Yes. Okay. And so we'll reach out to you. I would love uh, people that can speak musically. Um, because as I said, I'm going to talk about my emotional uh, how the music makes me feel and how the lyrics make me feel, but I will not be very good at, Oh, see what he's doing here musically. Um, so right. we would love some of that, uh, a perspective. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Save us, uh, all you brilliant music yeah. people. <laughs> yes. So how about you? What do you think? Uh, how are you going to, uh, kind of go through this what do you think you're going to be i know you signed up to do um a little bit of the work you you're saying i'm doing the work but you said that you would be willing to kind of do the what jb and rob call the basic facts like okay this album you know this song was on this album it was released then it was da 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 so you've signed up to yeah, do but that's that that's not work jesse yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's is. just fun yeah. So how about you? What as we're going through each songs, what are what do you think your angle is going to be? What do you feel like you'll be talking about? I'm sure part of it is going to be the history of like what was it like in the musical landscape of this time? What was John going through at his time? Because, you know, I it, it is kind of very relevant to each song whether he had his kids yet, whether he was married to Nancy, whether he was in a previous marriage, whether he was drinking or sober. Um, and, you know, I, I, through my research, have found a lot of places where it's pre-sobriety and he's talking about, oh yeah, I decided to give up drinking. Not that I ever drank much at all. And, you know, so um, 
I always find that kind of interesting. So I'm going to be kind of putting it into the historical perspective. I'm also going to be looking at the lyrics, um, pulling out those very unique Hyatt phrases and words. Um, I don't think I'm the only one whose SAT score was actually increased by listening to John Hyatt because Somnambulist was definitely on my SAT. And I was like, I know that one. Thank you, Boudron. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So, yeah. yeah. And we had also talked about um, assigning a rating to the songs. Yes. So I think... Um, I'm hoping that you and I, Jesse, won't have too many really contentious debates. I think I am uh, in my 40s now. If you had been talking to the Sylvan that was uh, typing on the Shot of Rhythm email list as a teenager and 20-something, if I had decided something was a five-star song, no one was going to tell me it was a four and a half star song, but I, I think I have matured enough that I believe that we can each have our differing opinions and, um, you know, all get along. It's all in the greater good of Hyattum. Yeah. Um, so first off, if this is the first time you've listened to a podcast with me, I'm going to apologize in advance. I tend to go off on tangents um, <laughs> because I think that's where the fun is. And so when my son was younger, I was a Cub Scout leader and I was not a good Cub Scout leader. I just, you know, I just, I wasn't creative and I wasn't thing. And I, I have the idea that we're going to do all, you know, meeting and like 20 minutes into it, we're done through everything that I had planned. And so, so if you uh, have either a, um, a sibling that's been in Cub Scouts or, you know, something, you have a Blue Go Banquet, which is basically the Boy Scouts birthday. And uh, so you all the different, you know, packs and the troop all gets together. And at ours, it was the school cafeteria. And um, we I show up at the Blue Go Banquet and, you know, my wife, who has not helped at all um said you didn't even bring like balloons you didn't do anything i'm like i told you i'm really bad at this and, and so uh so i was beating myself up and karen uh one of the other cub scout leaders pulled me aside and said a couple things one you're a dad and you have to understand how much your son and his friends they don't know it now but later they will remember that a dad took time off of his job to spend time with them so yeah. okay first second you're a dad we grave you at a curve like we don't expect a lot from a dad run den i said okay thank you karen i will take that i i'm not too uh poor for charity and third <laughs> she said Good Cub Scout leaders come up with new ideas. Great Cub Scout leaders steal what works from someone else and use it to themselves. Um, and that has stuck with me. And I have used that um, in almost every aspect of my life. Great business managers, leaders come up with new ideas. You know, good, great ones see what works and redid it. So in that spirit, one of the things that JB and Rob did is that they would grade the songs. And that's another thing you were willing to do. You said, I'll keep track of the grades we give them. And then after they finish every alphabet. So when they do the A's, they do an episode of 
let's kind of round over. Let's look. Were there four star songs that we should have given a five or were we feeling really good about this song and maybe it isn't a five star song and then kind of they do and then uh the five stars go in the hall of fame and then and then yeah so and i think that's a really fun thing to kind of sync up after every letter you go because you know i may be feeling like this this like you know buffalo river home like five star i mean that's just without we don't even need to debate it you know and then someone else may go okay let's let's i mean yes it's good but is it really you know is it the same as have little faith in me is it have the same as as your dad did right like what will you do that so i think that'll be a fun discussion and um yes and then sometimes there will be songs where you go um it just doesn't work for me Right. Like, you know, I mean, it's okay, but it's just not a song that works for me. So, yes. And um, that doesn't make us any less of fans, you know, because, yeah, you know, we bring ourselves to the art. Yeah. And I do think that um, sometimes that because there's a personal connection, a song may be a five star song to you that someone else may go really but yes you don't know the circumstances where i got that song it helped me through this and so it will be and um in in the broad terms everyone's every song is someone's favorite song right and and every song to someone is someone that they go oop i'll skip that when i'm listening yeah yeah you know i I think it's safe to say that Have a Little Faith is John's signature song. Yes. There are so many people that have such an intense emotional connection to that. And then I've heard people who say, oh, God, I wish he wouldn't play that in concert every single time. And it's like, yeah, maybe you have heard it literally a hundred times now. I've heard it probably a hundred times in concert, but I'm not going to begrudge the person sitting next to me that this is their first time at a John Hyatt concert and they've listened to this song on the CD and they've had these tender moments and all they want is that live experience of this song. And it doesn't matter, you know, if it's not the most connected John has been at that particular time, it's still a special moment for that fan. So yeah. So I I agree. Yeah. I totally like um, when I've had guests on uh, Set Lessing Bruce, and I had someone fairly recent that said, you know, do we really need Born to Run again? Like, you know, he's <laughs> played Born to Run. And I said, I, I agree. I said, my my buddy Sam would would ask if he could control it. He'd say, skip Born to Run and give us something else because we've heard Born to Run too many times. My only argument is, how about that person that's never seen Bruce Springsteen live perform before and this is their chance to hear born to run live for the first time and my guest said i will never say that again jesse you're right and i will now i will go yes i will be thrilled because i know in that arena there is a handful of people who knows how many could be a dozen could be hundreds that have never seen Bruce live before and they are getting that experience of uh you know born to run live yes yeah and um i'm trying to remember where i i heard 
this. I think it was actually in a published article Yeah, that um, there was a time at a John Hyatt concert. It was like very early in the set. Someone screamed out, have a little faith. And usually it's his encore. Yeah. Uh, but he happened to just play it like the fifth song in. And then the people um, kind of wandered out and, you know, someone noticed this and stopped to ask about it. It turned out that um, it was a married couple and the woman was dying of cancer. And all she wanted was to be able to hear that song, but it was too much to actually sit through in an hour and a half show. So she got to hear it four songs in and they they left. And, you know, that was as much as she could take. It's like, how can you begrudge any of that? Right. You know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I I love that story. That's an amazing story. Um, So you... Um, and I am the queen of tangents, Jesse. So we, you, we are going not. to be we are going to be in sync. Um, so you've talked a little about this, but in case someone has not, and I recommend you go back to Set Less Think Bruce. We'll include the link where she and I had a wonderful discussion. But you've been involved in Hyatt fandom for almost your whole life. Yeah, I would say it's pretty close to my whole life. Um, the real sad thing for me is that I just missed little village. Yeah. Um, my mom and my stepfather went off to see little village and I was like, wow, I really wish I could go. And they're like, you're too young. You don't know how to perform or, you know, go to a concert. Like, okay. But then by the time perfectly guitar rolled around, I had my first job and I was putting money in my pocket. I'm like, I'm going out into the streets and going to wait in line at the concert, you know, get tickets because I don't want to, you know, be up in uh, the nosebleed section. Not that there was a nosebleed section. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, So that, that uh, was the timing of it that I uh, just missed little village. So I never got to see John perform with Ry Cooter and Jim Keltner and Nick Lowe, but I did get to see him with many bands since then. And you did a fanzine and it actually it still exists, right? Yes. Um, my last issue, which is issue 14, I technically had a printing of six issues. I think um, three were mailed to Nashville with a uh, return envelope and a nice little letter that says it would mean a lot if you could sign this and send it back to me and, you know, here's one for you and here's one for a friend. Yeah. But uh, it was mostly virtual. And when it started, really, uh, there wasn't an internet as there was, you know, even five years after I started the fanzine. So communication of ideas was Xeroxing and passing things out from person to person. And I uh, actually mailed copies on paper, uh, to Europe when I connected with some fans from there. And then years later, those fans from Europe um, helped me out in many ways. One of which was that Emil Bastings agreed to host the fan magazine on his website, thejohnhyattarchives.com. And that's where it lives to this day. So the latest issue was pretty much only posted on the website, but it's still in a format that is uh, reminiscent of those days when I was going to Staples and photocopying eight and a half by 11 sheets of paper with information that I had gleaned from various places. So, so I know I asked you this on the other podcast, but can you count the number of times you've seen John perform live? 
And my answer then was, no, I can't. Yes. <laughs> but I've been averaging about three a year since 1993. Okay. So we do that math. Oh my God, I'm old. How did that happen? <laughs> um, I, I'm pretty sure it's over a hundred. Yeah, wow. I know. Um, I've never, you know, I, I started counting Bruce shows because that was important. But I, I think I could go if I tried to think, um, I think maybe a dozen. I know, I remember the first time seeing him live, it was a solo show. Uh, then we saw him like in Deep Ellum, where that was the show that is famous for in the family because um, there were no chairs and we were old. You know, it was like one of those venues. It was, uh, you know, tiny bubbles, right? And so the, so it was very loud and there was no chairs and we felt very old. Um, I know we saw him, I saw him in Fort Worth once. I've seen him two or three times um, at the, there's a Lakewood theater in Dallas with great acoustics. I've seen him two solo shows and then we just saw the last. So I'm right at a date eight or 10. So, um, and I respectable. Yeah, it was, it is, it's very respectable. Um, and as I shared with, uh, there were two or three years, um, my, my friend Rick who got us on this died in, uh, back in like 2014, 2015 of an aneurysm, uh, unexpected. And for three or four years, Linda couldn't go. She was like, it's just too soon. And, uh, it was, it was very nice. And we were at house of blues, uh, this past week. And, and she whispered to me, she goes, Rick's right next to us. And so that was, was you know, it, yeah, it reached a point where at first it was just too painful to try to think about seeing him, but that's so, yeah. So, the format's going to be, we're going to give a song. We're going to give quick thoughts. We're going to talk about the history, context. Uh, we'll debate it. We'll talk about favorite lyrics, and then we'll rate it. Um, what else do we need to discuss? Um, well, I guess we'll mostly put it in the show notes, but how people can get in touch with us and... Um, you know, don't be shy. Don't think you have to wait for the S's to come on because you want to talk about slow turning. Just come on and talk about any old song. We'll, we'll fit you yeah. in. And we want to have this be a, a great discussion amongst fans. Yes. Um, we're going to go with perfectly good podcast uh, as the name of the show. Uh, we are at perfectly good PD on Twitter because you quite couldn't get pod it was too many letters and so uh perfectly good pod i am at jesse jackson dfw on twitter uh my personal account um do you have the gmail account handy or do i need to insert it later i believe it's perfectly good podcast at gmail.com i think it is too we would love to know your thoughts we will be available wherever uh podcasts are found I think that's it. Any uh, any final thoughts? No, let, let, let the debates rage um, when we get the ratings wrong, when we get details wrong, which, you know, I, I'm the know-it-all fan that is always correcting people when I'm overhearing conversations at concerts and someone says, oh, yeah, that was a uh, Buddy Guy song that he just did. I'm like, no, no, that was written by John. And let me tell you all about the history of the song. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll get stuff wrong. I always do. So, 
yeah, come on and correct us. I love that. Very <laughs> nice. All right. Thank you, listeners. We appreciate the support. Uh, we are going to have some episodes in the can. We may put out a couple to kind of start the well going. But then once we get a rhythm going, we'll just try to do a new episode every week, uh, except when life gets in the way, which will happen sounds like a plan. sooner or later. All right. That's it. Wow. Thank you, Sylvan. Thank you, listeners. We will talk to you soon. And we're working on a tagline. (laughs) We're working on a tagline. For now, rave on. Have a little faith, everyone. Perfect. Baby, we can come on home. Put the cow horns back on the Cadillac and change the message on the court of It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.